This episode of Sicker Sadder World is sponsored by Videoblocks, your unlimited library of After Effects templates, stock footage, motion backgrounds, and video clips. I'm Brittany Ashley. And I'm Laura Zach. And this is Sicker Sadder World, the podcast where we rewatch Daria and relate it to our current world. We've made it to the finale of another season. The finale episodes are always very thematically poignant. Yeah, I mean, and also a little bit tonally different than the rest of the season. Like, this felt like a real softie. I think maybe in some way the writers were like, okay, there needs to be a few episodes where, like, we're only with Daria and we do see the complexity of her when she's on her own. Because this episode in particular was very much about self-doubt and um, Daria as a writer, I mean, completely just believing that anything she was writing was unoriginal and whatnot. And so it was... It was a good one. It was very, it showed the complexity of her even just being a high schooler who was writing an assignment. So how do you like our new space? This is only our second time recording here, but earlier, as we we pointed out off mic, that it sounded like a toddler was being slaughtered. Yeah, and uh, I really like that your Wi-Fi is named after Buffy. And your password has Beyonce in it, not to give anything away. <laughs> if someone does find me, I'll, I'd probably be impressed. Right. You'd be impressed, shortly followed by horrified. <laughs> <laughs> so how's your week been? You've obviously been traveling a lot um, with the band. Obviously. Yeah. Because you're band. in the chain smokers, right? Yeah. Oh man, I'm too loopy. You're you're just gonna crush tonight in the yeah. humor to keep them coming. I just have a feeling I'm gonna find it all funny. Uh, yeah, I just was in New Hampshire visiting my family. Got to hang out with my super cool two year old niece, um, who, speaking of Beyonce, is a big fan. I I discovered that Sesame Street is actually shockingly progressive, which I guess makes I could sense see that it was always public television and now right. it's on HBO. So it's like that. Well, because of the sex scenes. Yeah, they really wanted to make it a little bit edgier and felt like that was. That's the the note I get in every meeting. Just be edgier. Even sad that even Sesame Street has to go there. Yeah, and and go there they do. There's an episode that I watched while I was home with her. You know, we were just um, binge watching the the (laughs) Sess Street. And one episode is about... A couple of little puppets or whatever they're called, the creatures, want to play some some dress-up games. And there's a whole like scene about how princess doesn't have to be just for little girls. And like the astronaut doesn't have to be just for little boys. And it's like a whole challenging the gendering of toys song. That sounds great. Yeah. And then there's another whole scene about like a song about this little black girl like loving her brown skin hell yeah yeah so anyway we were watching like a um we also watched some some older episodes and there was one with destiny's child where they sing a song about like a new way to walk and claire was super into that so much so that the rest of the trip she would just come up to me and be like yance now and i was like oh i'm training you so well Well, this weekend, my girlfriend and I also watched Sesame Street. No. We binged it. Every episode possible. That's our next podcast. Yeah. Sesame Street. No. Uh, we watched The Defenders. No, just kidding. 
The Defenders, which I didn't know existed. The Defenders. We started watching Ozark. We watched Glow. I mean, we've really done a number on Netflix. We're really getting our fourteen ninety nine worth. You're really fisting that Netflix. Yeah. I'm iron fisting it. Oh. That would be a joke. If you watch The Defenders, you'd get it. I forced uh, everyone in my family to watch Wonder Woman. Because none of them had seen it, and my mom kind of did like a James Cameron on me about it, where she's like, no, I didn't see Wonder Woman. I don't know who would want to watch a superhero in a short skirt and a spiky bra. And then me and like my dad and brother had a moment of like, oh yeah, uh, totally. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that happened. But yeah, there was just a lot of like consuming media and eating and hanging out with the two-year-olds. So my brain is not like as sharp as it's always been, but I'm here, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. La, 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 la. La, 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 la. This is my style. Got to get up, or I might blow. Excuse me. Excuse me. I've got to be direct. If I'm wrong, please correct. Episode 13, Right Where It Hurts. It could also be called The Softer Side of Daria. But if it was called The Softer Side of Daria, what would the tattoo I have on my right side, would it say that? Wait, is this where you got that tattoo from? I will give you a play-by-play. Brittany is lifting her shirt and lowering her shorts in order to show me a tattoo stretched along her side that says in cursive, Right Where It Hurts. That is correct. But you know what? That phrase didn't originate from this episode, did it? It's where I learned of it. That's so interesting because I feel like they didn't actually address that in the episode. I mean, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but ultimately Daria writes about what she wants to be true, not but, about what hurts. Okay, so you know how like most of Mr. O'Neill's assignments or just any assignment that she has in school is just like very much beneath her. This was one of the, I think maybe the only like solo assignment where she was actually challenged by it. So mm-hmm. I think it did hurt her. I see. I see. I think she had to learn the number one w- rule of writing. Which is? Most of writing is rewriting. Yeah. Just that, that phrase right where it hurts to me when I hear it without context says like the way that you tell a truthful story is by like a vulnerability in writing and writing about the things that make you uncomfortable, but are true. I think it did make her uncomfortable. I I think the, I think her being vulnerable and only showing it to her mom and only showing it to Mr. O'Neill was that was proven that it, it made her uncomfortable because I think she, she very much eschews any type of like emotion, like positive emotion towards her that isn't romantically from Trent. I think that it made her feel so so strange. So strange. strange. I think it made her feel so strange when her mom was touched by it. 
And she was also nervous that Mr. O'Neill would cry when when he read it as well. And then obviously not letting Jane read it was something. So I think like to us, this wouldn't be a hard assignment, but I think to her who is so turned off emotionally, it was a very difficult assignment. I gotta tell you, honestly, I want a right where it hurts tattoo now. Matching. We can get matching ones. Sweet. We can, I can just get it done and, and, uh, we can just add more to the cursive. I could just add in the tattoo, like, a tattoo of your face with the dialogue bubble saying it. My face, not Daria's face? Well, you or as, me as Daria. You as Daria, yeah, like yeah. in our logo. I like that. Cool. So uh, how does this episode start, Laura? It starts with Jake wearing a kiss the cook apron. Um, he's making some dinner and having some trouble with it. And Daria is reading a book about how fiction should do more than entertain. It's an assignment from Mr. O'Neill about, it, it was called like Morality and Fiction or something. Unmoral Fiction by John Gardner. Ah, okay. <laughs> I did a lot of research for this episode. Wow, all right. And Helen asks her about her day and Daria gives like the ultimate womp womp response, which honestly, if anyone answered me the way Daria answered, I would walk her away immediately. Like she was kind of insufferable. She did one of those like, well, this and then this, like everything sucks for me type type answers. Yeah. I would just be like, here is a beer. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, buddy. Um, figure it out. I'm gonna go, go YouTube some fail videos. I'm gonna go over have here a laugh. Now. Yeah. Um. You remember the the laziest joke that they made? Oh yeah. The what's the number for nine one one? Which again, because this is so old. When I say old, I mean twenty years old. Um. It makes me wonder. Like just like. I wasn't sure if right where it hurts came from this. Like, did that joke come from this? Surely not. Surely not. I feel like that's the type of joke that everyone, every kid in the 90s and early aughts thought they made up. Yeah, I feel like it was in, like, the Sandlot or something. I feel like it was in The Simpsons. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. So... But I just don't believe that Jake is that dumb. And I don't believe that Helen would marry someone that dumb. I don't believe that someone would have gone through military school, went to college if they didn't know the number for 911. I'm calling plot hole. Yeah, that's fair. But I, uh, what I do buy is that Jake is just cheesy enough that he just thinks it's a funny joke to say. But he was like in panic mode. I don't believe that he was cognizant that it was a joke. But if he was joking, he's sort of brilliant. <laughs> it was just a bit. Yeah. To burn his entire body with stew. Which maybe that's why Helen wasn't reacting, because she was like, oh, your dad's doing his his routine again. Right. But I think it also, maybe perhaps, I might be giving them more credit, but I think maybe it was also to set up that in this episode, at least, Helen and Daria are going to have more in common than Helen and Jake, which, or I'm sorry, than Daria and Jake, which is generally the combination that we see when it comes to the parents. Yeah. It establishes early on that Helen and Daria are going to drive um, this episode. They're going to drive this plot home right into the ocean. Yep. So then we're in Mr. O'Neill's class and he uh, has a bunch of books on the board like 1984, Huck Finn, Frankenstein. Fist of Champions by Kurt Vonnegut. Correct. And he is basically assigning them a book report where they have to write about the book's moral dimensions. However, Daria approaches him after class and is like, hey, I've literally read all of these books 
And he's like, well, brilliant. Now you can write a story that has moral dimension if you've read all these. So she, I guess, by admitting that this assignment is going to be too easy for her, she accidentally works her way into a very challenging assignment. And the assignment that he specifically gives her is that he has to write a story that fictionalizes people she actually knows. So... Basically, he's inviting her to become a Jenny Schechter. That's a reference for anyone who's watched The L Word. Oh, right. I'm sorry. I didn't realize anyone hadn't. But um, <laughs> Jenny Schechter is a character on The L Word who is a writer and writes about the lives of her friends. Um, Without their consent. No. And that becomes a big issue when she becomes famous and starts getting... It's a whole thing. You should watch yeah, it. Just... But don't watch the last season. I actually don't think that I finished the last season. I, I heard a rumor that in the reboot, they are going to pretend that season didn't exist. That's what I do. Yeah. So now Daria's at Jane's and she's like, I have no idea what the fuck I'm going to do. And Jane is like, how about you write about Kevin and Brittany? And so we're pulled into every time that Daria starts to write a story, we get to see it play out. And this is the way that the other supporting characters make their way into this episode. So it's interesting because it's all of the characters through Daria's imagination. In this envisioning, uh, Brittany and Kevin are getting married and Jane interrupts the wedding and like implying that she's confessing her love to Kevin and then he runs away with her. You know what the reference is, right? No. It's a graduate. Oh, I thought you meant reference within within the um, episode. But isn't the graduate have to do with an age difference? It does, but at the end... So the age difference part isn't a part of this isn't a part of this, but in the movie, Ben uh, Ben like confesses his love to Elaine, which is like Jane, uh, and then they run off together, and yeah, then they like end up in the back of like the bus or whatever, and they look kind of like uncomfortable, like it wasn't as romantic as it seemed. That, that I feel like that is like an iconic moment from The Graduate. So I have never seen it. Me neither. But I know all what? that. We should watch it. Yeah, it was directed by uh, Mike Nichols, who was part of Elaine Mays and Mike Nichols. They were like the comedy duo in the 60s. So how have you not seen it? I don't know. Like, it's, it's weird because it's one of those movies that I know so much about it. I've just never watched it. Okay, well, we should remedy that. Yeah, I'd like that. Um, but yeah, so that's what it's based on. So essentially for like her first two, we'll, we'll get to the second one, but basically for like her first two stories that she writes, they're very much based on things that she's either seen or read. And then she kind of comes to the conclusion like, oh, maybe I'm not original at all because I'm just writing replications of things I've already seen or read. Right. The second thing that she starts writing is clearly like a um, Jane Bennett, Lizzie Bennett dynamic from like Jane Austen, mm -hmm. of, but it's she and Quinn, but like a version of she and Quinn that actually get along um, and they're like discussing their prospects and like an old timey version of Trent and Trent's bandmate and then the trio of suitors for Quinn. Yeah, but she also wrote that, yeah, that Trent was her boyfriend. Right, but as soon as they bring up marriage, the men scatter. <laughs> men, am I right? Oh my I God, imagine I'm... like marrying a dude. 
No offense to our male listeners. No, 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 sure no offense at all. Perfectly married. And no offense to our like straight listeners. But wouldn't that be so weird? For ourselves, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like marrying a dude. Yeah, and then like taking his name. <laughs> <laughs> and then like sleeping in the same bed as him. <laughs> and then like <laughs> And then like burying his children. <laughs> Burying his children? Burying. Oh, shit. <laughs> like, it just went to a place where, like, he already has kids. Yeah. Which was the case for the last man I dated. The teacher. <laughs> yeah, speaking of which, I was back home um, this past weekend, which is where Can my I just high school was. remind the audience? Mm-hmm, so this sure. is the teacher. Uh, sorry, this is Laura's teacher that she had slept with. Okay, continue. Uh, that I had dated. In high school. No, I dated. The, ma- I know the many years. The emotional seeds were planted in high school. Yeah, we didn't. Nothing inappropriate happened, which I I I clarify because my high school has actually been in a lot of hot water lately. There have been a lot of teacher student sex scandals hitting the news, including a big piece in the Boston Globe about it. Holy shit! Mm-hmm. So just trying to be extra careful with the way we talk about that but (laughs) yeah he he when we did date uh deep into my 20s um he did have uh you know very deep prior oh my god prior marriages and also children and i didn't bury any of them though i let them live so (laughs) so helen approaches daria and it's clear that daria is having a really hard time with this assignment and this is kind like a this is like a shitty scene on Helen's part. I mean, she, we've always known her as like the workaholic mother. We've always known that her bond with Quinn is probably a little bit stronger. But she says this line where she's like, "Well, when Quinn has a challenge," and Daria's like, "Fuck you, this isn't the same." Like the challenges that Quinn faces is trying to match her clothes with like her date's eyes. Like she'll never be in this situation where she's challenged by something academic that she like wants to do well at. And then Daria says probably, like, the most harsh thing you can say to a parent, which is, Do you, don't you know me at all? And then, and also in that scene, Helen keeps taking calls from her assistant. So she's just, like, very checked out. It was very sad to watch. Like, it was certainly sad to watch because it was very much like a workaholic parent who was, like, half-heartedly trying to help her kid with an assignment that her kid has probably never needed help on an assignment ever. I feel like Helen is, it's like she was going to her Rolodex of advice she'd given. And typically the one that comes to her for advice is Quinn. So she's just like going to what is is like easily, easily accessible. Right. And so the story that Daria comes up with based on this interaction is Helen and Jake is very relaxed parents, which you can tell from Jake's backwards cap. And sweatpants. But the but Quinn is approaching them and they're basically saying to her, like, why can't you be more like Daria? And so it's Quinn having to be like, oh, my God, don't you wish don't don't you think I would if I could be more like Daria? Daria is perfect. And then she ends up walking into traffic like that was kind of like a strange revenge fantasy. Yeah. And it was interesting that they had the um, they added in the audio of Quinn being like, oh, God, ouch. Yeah. Like she didn't die, but was maybe mangled. Well, let's take a break for our sponsor. 
So anyone who's ever filmed something on a tight budget knows that getting B-roll is very time consuming. Um, it's expensive to get the rights for, like to be, you know, to get the permit for the place that you're in. And honestly, sometimes you probably just forget to get the B-roll and you realize that um, when you're editing it. Uh, there was a short film that I was in that we filmed at a beach house. And then when we were cutting it together, realized that we actually had no footage at the beach at all. So we had to find different stock footage that we, you know, could use quickly and on a budget. So we went to videoblocks.com. So you can get studio quality stock for a fraction of the cost with Videoblocks. The content is constantly being updated and is royalty free. But the greatest part is that the original artists take home 100% of the sale price. So go to videoblocks.com slash world to get a seven-day free trial. And is that blocks like B-L-O-C-K-S or B-L-O-X? B-L-O-C-K-S. That was really Helen and Daria's first real fight. I, I would say so as well. Um, and then Daria gets inspired for her next story, which I feel like had the least thought put into it. It was like Jake as a knight in the medieval times who approaches this witch who needs a baby's tender liver to like get something. And then the witch says like, why do all the men get the good jobs? And then she obviously rewrites it so that Helen could be the knight. But still that was like, that Not, scene where they where they switch like made me. That's one of those scenes that would freak me out when, if I was stoned. For sure, like suddenly because the, the characters already look different because they're in different costumes. Uh, the the cartoon actors are in different costumes, uh, and then suddenly they're in different roles. I, I feel like my brain would be like, "Wait, is it just me, or were they for sure just swapped?" Right. Um. She was a little bit Helen as that witch was a little bit like. Red Witch for me from like Game of Thrones. I don't watch Game of Thrones. Oh well, watched I know it some once. Of you do. I watched it the pilot with an X and never picked it up again. I've had some conversations with my girlfriend about it because she's never watched it and it's it's a, a struggle for me. <laughs> I'm so sorry. My thoughts and prayers. So Daria goes to talk to Mr. O'Neill because she's pretty much reached like the end of the line with this assignment. I think. I think sometimes uh, with someone like Daria, who is very creative, she probably needs some sort of like, okay, give me like some stipulation. Like, where are they? What are they doing? Just give me anything so that I could write something around it. And um, Mr. O'Neill suggests that maybe the activity that all the characters in the story would be doing would be playing cards. And it seems very lame because it's like a very, very, very lame thing to write a whole story about. So uh, she revises the story that she just did about Jake and Helen, and she inserts Mac and Jody um, with a card game. So Helen ends up sitting down with Daria and apologizing for the way she'd acted. And then it's ultimately, you know, Helen's redemption is that she really gives Daria the insight she needs to turn it around. With she, her gives assignment. Her, she gives her the key. She uh, basically says, like, what if rather than sarcastically observing what people are doing, you write what you want to see them doing? And in doing so, um, we then get pulled in 
into, I guess, like an aspirational vision of the future that Daria has for what the situation would be with her nuclear family. Would you say it was like 20 years? Yeah, I'd say um, it was probably when Like right now? Yeah, right now for us. Oh yeah, right now in the world. It was 2017. Daria was in her early 30s and Quinn was probably like just turning 30 and Mm -hmm. had four kids. Yeah, and um, Daria Daria was also married to a college professor named Marcello, and she is an opinions columnist who wants to quote wake people up to the truth, uh, which I'm I'm very unsure in this climate what that would mean. I just thought it would be like she writes for Jezebel or something. Mm, sure, sure, sure. She writes for like a publication that has a clear bias. Yeah. And then Quinn has four kids. She is very exhausted by them. And she's actually married to Jamie, who's the blonde-haired one. Oh, I missed that. Okay, okay. You're really opening my eyes to... Yeah, you know, we all pick up different things. We do. But ultimately, what you notice in this vision is that her family gets along pretty well. Like she and Quinn laugh at each other's jokes. Quinn is delightful. She's like kind of exhausted, but really tempered and like humble and sweet and funny. But that's what also, that's what Daria wants her to be. So it's, it's Daria wanting Quinn to eventually come out and say like, Oh yeah, high school me. I was such a stuck up asshole. Like that's what Daria wants her to do. Right. Right. And then her parents are both kind of the same, but, like, the dad had triple bypass surgery, which Mm -hmm. is weird that she was, like, imagining that for him. Well, I think it's because it made him calm down, maybe. Right. But it all... Okay, I will... My one criticism is that, though it is very sweet, Daria just writes how she wants other people to change, but she doesn't really write how she should change. She says something about, like... She's channeled, like, a Lisa Loeb look. That's pretty much it. Yeah, and she's wearing a turtleneck. Um, she had some line about, like, it's great that I'm making money from just saying all the things I felt in high school. Oh, like, right, think, yeah. You know, it's great that I can say I can get paid to say all the things that made me an outcast in high school. Yeah, I think she doesn't necessarily see herself as needing to change, but just needing the world to recognize her brilliance. Hmm. Yeah, that's a little self-righteous. She, yeah, her whole vision for herself was like kind of douchey yeah it was very much like i'm the hero of the family when are you all gonna wake up to this yeah and like intellectually superior and yeah it really didn't reflect great on her but helen sure liked it she cried hell yeah helen squirt some she squirted yeah she squirted some out of her eye oh yeah yeah um and it was because um as daria said um her mom didn't think she was as alienated as she seemed But really, it's just that, like, Daria was envisioning having, like, a good relationship with her parents. Oh, and they all play cards. Forgot to add that part. Yeah, and they're all just have, like, a sweet dynamic. Like, I think as you get older, you start to really value the small things you can do with family. Like, obviously, you went back home this weekend and you guys just, like, watched movies and watched TV shows and probably just, like, hung around. And, like, if me and my dad just played catch, I think it would mean so much more to me than it would have when I was... 15. Mm-hmm. I think that you j- I think that if anything it was maybe her having an insight to the fact that something so small can have so much meaning or she was just trying to find a way to write around the card game. <laughs> but either way, I think there was a lot of truth to the fact that as you get older you start to 
really treasure and, and cherish the, the small activities that you can do as a family that you maybe were too self-involved to do when you were younger. But this is her as a younger person already knowing that. Right. And so I'm saying that like there is truth to it, which yeah. is which is cool. Yeah, but it definitely wasn't an interesting story. No, that shit sucked. Yeah, that was boring. <laughs> like I didn't <laughs> She basically wrote that for the audience of one, Helen. But yeah. still, it was good. It was better than probably what most people in that class would have written, so by comparison. Yeah, and uh, I think she knows it's not, like, objectively good because she won't let Jane read it. I think it was more for vulnerability reasons. Yeah, fair. Well, the second season, gone away. Number three coming on up. Can you wait? Can you even wait? Can you Can you wait? You don't have to. You do. But well, you, do, you have to wait a week. You just yeah. gotta wait one week. Thanks for being here, though. I sure do appreciate it. We definitely appreciate it. We're about to do this live stream. Yeah, first for our Patreon supporters, thank you for all of those who've been supporting us. It means a ton. Um, if you want to keep following along with us, we're on Twitter at SickerSatter. We have a website, SickerSatterWorld.com. See you on the net. This episode of Sicker Satter World was sponsored by Videoblocks. Go to videoblocks.com slash sickersatterworld to get all the stock video you can imagine for $149 a year. That's videoblocks, V-I-D-E-O-B-L-O-C-K-S dot com slash sickersatterworld to save on millions of studio quality clips from Videoblocks.